is Voices of Texas, the podcast about Texans. Recording from Brownwood in the heart of Texas, here's your host, Matthew Hinman. Welcome back to Voices of Texas. You know, one of the things I love the most about doing this show is that every guest has a story to tell. And who doesn't love a good story, true or not? Well, my guest today is a professional storyteller. And you might be asking what that is, and I'm sure my guest will be glad to explain that to us. Elizabeth Ellis of Dallas is a recipient of both the Lifetime Achievement Award and the Circle of Excellence Award from the National Storytelling Network. And more than a half a million children have been mesmerized by her stories during her 35-year career as a teller. Adults fall under her spell as well. Her keynotes filled with story have energized and inspired people from public defenders to those who work in child abuse prevention. Elizabeth, welcome to Voices of Texas. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you on the show, but we really have to know, and especially my listeners need to know, what is storytelling? How is this a profession? Storytelling is one of the oldest professions in the whole world. It's the oral narrative. It is basically the most it's the most basic form of human communication. Every time you tell someone about something that happened when they weren't there, you're basically telling them a story, a beginning, a middle, an end, a cast of characters, a plot line, a theme, everything that you would study in a course about great literature, but in miniature and usually across the water cooler or the dining room table. As for a career, storytellers work pretty much the same way musicians work. Many of them freelance for whoever hires them. But there are a huge number of people who use storytelling in their vocation, lawyers and ministers and teachers being some of the most obvious, but anyone who makes their living in sales is probably a really good storyteller. Um, Just loads and loads of people use storytelling every day. They just don't think about it. Yeah, I guess so. Well, um, how did you personally get your start in in becoming a professional storyteller? It was about a million years ago, and there were still mastodons at that point in time. But (laughs) I... Uh, in 1978, Gail Ross and I decided to go to the National Storytelling Festival. And we saw other people who were making their living as storytellers, and we decided that we would give it a try. I don't think either of us would have done it alone at that time. We aren't the same people now that we were way back when. Um, but there was certain comfort in having someone to hold hands and jump off cliffs with, sort of like Butch and Sundance. Um, so we worked in schools and libraries and churches and uh, coffee houses and festivals, any kind of place where people would want to hear a really good story. So where did it go from there? You you got this start with with uh, Gail, you said, and how did it turn out to be something where you just you dove off that cliff, so to speak? 
Well, I used to work for Dallas Public Library, and Gail was working for a radio station. Um, Both of those were really good training for becoming storytellers. We decided to resign our regular jobs and see if we could make our full living freelancing as storytellers. And that was almost 40 years ago now. So we worked together as a duo for about four or five years. It was awfully hard to make enough money to support two families back in those days. So after a while, we began working separately and have each continued uh, pretty successful solo careers as storytellers. Gail is a really noted Cherokee Indian storyteller. And uh, mostly I tell stories from my own life and Appalachian folk tales, Texas stories, those kinds of things. And I think about... uh... I've seen your work before and, and how it's, and how it's done. I think uh, the most recent one I, I watched on YouTube, uh, something about something about kids. I can't remember what it was exactly, but I was, I was rolling laughing. Are they always comedic or are sometimes maybe they're a little more on the serious side or, or how do, how do the stories go sometimes? Depends upon the intention of the story. Some are very lighthearted and funny but others are intended to scare people as badly as possible. Some are intended to make people angry and take action on something or other. Some are intended to move people and some intended to inspire. A wide wide variety of things. Yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned Gail being more of a Native American storyteller. What yeah. other kind of storytellers are there out there in the wild? I mean, are, are there, is there just a really broad spectrum of the kinds of topics you can expect to, to come across? Humongous. I would think it would be safe to say there are about as many different ways of approaching being a storyteller as there are approaching being a musician. Um, there's storytellers from every kind of ethnic background you can imagine, from Native American tellers to Jewish tellers to African American tellers to, uh, I don't know, I I mean, (laughs) name a genre of people. They have stories, and there are people who love to tell them. Um, Every region of the country has its own kind of story. that, and there are people who tell stories that are more like the fine arts, um, classical storytellers, people who tell mythology and uh, the classics, as opposed to people from a theater orientation, people who have a real folky background like I do. Um, so it's a huge range of people. Well, it clearly is one of the arts. I mean, there's, there's no denying that. And one of the things that where I first found out about you and some other storytellers was looking at the Texas storytelling festivals webpage. 
right. which is uh, TejasStorytelling.com. And you clearly over the years have been participating in a number of these different festivals. And being that we're a show here all about Texas, what kind of Texas stories do you have? I, I, I'm not asking you to tell the whole story right now on the show, but do you have like little tidbits you can share about different Texas stories you've told over the years? Texas has a huge variety of stories. We have lots of Texas ghost stories. One of the best known would be the dream that saved Will Barker about a man who's scalped by the Indians and doesn't bleed to death, whose sister appears to him after her death and saves his life. There are all those legends of the people who died at the Alamo and other kinds of experiences from Texas history. There are all those stories from the Whitlin and Spitten guys out in front of the courthouse, those great lies, storytelling as competition, uh, liars, con- that whole genre of great fun. Uh, big fish tales, uh, right? Big fish tales, <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's a, an, a totally American art form. There are the stories that women tell that men don't have, that men are not drawn to as much. The romances, the fairy tales, the things that have a softer side to them. There are all the Texas family stories, starting with you know the old five hundred and coming down to the immigrant stories of. Texans today, brand new Texans, bring their stories with them as they come. So Texas stories, just that phrase, would be a huge body of folklore. I guess because Texas is really the the melting pot of the United States now, because more and more people come to Texas because they know how great life is here. And that's one of the reasons why I like Texas so much. And I'm sure I've got stories to tell, and and I've told a few, and I'm sure I've exaggerated them a little bit, maybe embellished them some, but... <laughs> well, it's like the difference between taking a photograph and painting an oil picture. A photograph would show whatever the camera saw as being real. What's in an oil painting may not be the absolute literal truth, but it may be truer than the truth, truer than a photograph. If you painted a picture of your grandmother, you might feel moved to put some smudges of purple in her face that were not there in reality, but might show a great deal more about who she was than if you had taken a photograph of her. Clearly. It's called artistic license. Artistic expression, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that really comes out in almost any art form. And and I think storytelling clearly 
you know, you, you can have so many different ways you can express that and, and, and uh, use that artistic license. So are, are you still uh, appearing on request? Are you, are you doing any, uh, any upcoming events or anything other than the, the major storytelling festivals? Well, I'm always traveling and getting ready to tell. I'm getting ready to go down to Die Ball next week, and then I head up to Tennessee for a few days. I'm always packing or unpacking. That seems to be the way I spend my life. At some points in the year, I just take my suitcase directly to the laundry room and put stuff directly into the washing machine and then to the dryer and back into the suitcase so I'm ready to go again the next day. So I'm always traveling. So we know there is the Texas Storytelling Festival coming up in March. It is the second weekend in March every year in Denton. In Denton, okay. Yeah, in Denton. Our listeners can go on and find that online as well if they if they want to attend. But are, are you uh, planning to uh, to be performing there? I performed last year, and so it won't be my turn. We're bringing in some fabulous tellers, but uh, it won't be the same as last year's lineup. We're bringing Minton Sparks from Tennessee and Robert Robert Jones from Michigan, Antonio Sacre from California, and we always try to focus on one of our own. This year it's Eldrina Duma, who is a Pueblo Indian. Um, who lives in Amar- in Canyon, in Canyon, Texas, out in the Amarillo area. Going to be a great lineup. It sounds like it. On these storytelling festivals, uh, this is like a uh, three or four day event that goes on. Yes. Is this something That's that right. all day things going on all day long that people can can go to, or are they little breakouts that people kind of pick and choose? I mean, what what does this do for the public whenever they come? For the Texas Festival, you just come listen for the whole weekend if you'd like. But there are also workshops that you could attend to become a better storyteller or to learn more about how to tell stories in your own family or how to use storytelling to better advantage in your work. There would be conversations with storytellers about their artistic journey. There would be fringe festival stories that are a little off the beaten path, um, more challenging kinds of stories. It's just a wide, there's a liar's contest, there are children's events and activities, just a wide variety people are really interested, they should go to the website and look to see what all is involved because there's something for everyone, literally something for everyone. I really think you're right there. And you know, funny thing about what we're doing right now, podcasting is starting to become a storytelling medium now in a, in a little bit of a different, a different way. Right. A lot of podcasts today are very maybe technical in nature or instructional in nature. But more and more are starting to go that direction. We last year we saw the the serial podcast become very popular, and even though that was a true tale to be told, and it told from the perspective of this one particular journalist, it really was 
storytelling in a very wow. art, artful way. And then just recently, a couple months ago, we saw another podcast come out, one of my favorites so far called Limetown. And it is purely fictional, but it is told in kind of like the, the old time radio style of storytelling. And, and you just want to, you know how back in the day, everybody sat around and looked at the radio and I'm not sure why they looked at it, but, but that's what they did. They, they all huddled around the radio and they listened to these great fictional tales that were coming on. Now podcasting is starting to get back into that. So I'm seeing that kind of evolve a little bit too in my arena is seeing more and more people get into, into storytelling, whether it be fictional or true. It's true. Podcasts are becoming more popular and are utilizing storytelling more and more. Remember that just because it's nonfiction doesn't mean that it doesn't need to be good story. Any nonfiction um, presentation needs to have all of the basic elements of good storytelling if it's really going to reach people. Oh, yeah, clearly. Now, I had the privilege of going on and seeing some of your performances on YouTube, and I'm really wanting to just let my listeners know that if you get a chance, go do a search on YouTube for Elizabeth Ellis, um, because <laughs> some of your performances on there were, were just really, really funny. I don't know if they were intended to be that way, but some of the ones I watched, I was just laughing my head off. Uh, so... I really appreciate, you know, your style. Uh, I like it a lot. I haven't really reached out to very many other storytellers yet to kind of see what their styles are or look at other ones just yet. But I, I'm still kind of getting my uh, a feel for this for this thing that I really hadn't heard of up until recently. Well, if you are interested in talking to other storytellers, I can certainly make some recommendations because we have some great ones. Yeah, well, we that put we up do. Our We'd put our Texas tellers up against any that you'd find anywhere in the world. <laughs> well, that I don't doubt, because I'm telling you, in Texas, we sure know how to tell stories. That's right. It's an old <laughs> Texas tradition. Well, so how, other than the, some of the resources we mentioned already, what if someone out there listening wants to find out more about storytelling? What kind of resources would you recommend they start with? Well, it would be a good idea to go to the website for the Tejas Storytelling Association. It's spelled the old way, with a J rather than an X, T-E-J-A-S, storytelling. And look at what all's happening there. See what's happening right here in your own backyard here in Texas. If you're really interested in storytelling, look to see if there's a guild in your area, a group of people who meet regularly to tell stories to one another to improve their skills and to listen. In fact, the Dallas Storytelling Guild is meeting right this very minute while we're making this podcast. Ah. There are guilds, guilds all over the state, and there would be a listing of them on the Tejas Storytelling Association website. Very Go good. to the public library and see what kind of storytelling is available at your public library. That would be a great place to start. And while you're there, go to the 398.2 section and check out a couple of books of folk tales because 
folk tales are great stories to start with. They've been told over and over through the years by lots of storytellers, so all the rough parts have been worn away. <laughs> and what you have left is a really good, strong, tellable story. Well, now, how can my listeners find out more about you and, and your storytelling? Well, I'd like to invite them to come to my website, elizabethellis.com, and look for information for me there. If they'd like to contact me personally, my email address and my phone number are there on my website. Fantastic. Fantastic. Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you. This has been great fun. And thank you for listening to today's show. As always, if you like the show, please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. And please leave me a positive review on iTunes, too. Voices of Texas is a proud member of the Texas Podcasting Network. Please support my podcast by visiting online at VoicesOfTexas.com and click on the support link. Also, I would appreciate a like or retweet any chance you can. Until next time. Opinions of guests, co-hosts, and others appearing on this podcast are not necessarily the views of its host, producer, or affiliates. No part of this podcast may be reproduced or retransmitted in any way over any medium without express written consent of the producer. 